Hi, my name's Alistair. Hi, my name's Kat, and we're bringing you a Bampot Productions podcast. Check us out on Twitter, at Bampot Pod. Uh, check us out on the Anchor app, all the other relevant apps we've got, Kick It About, that you can hear our podcast on. We have to tell them what the relevant apps are. The relevant apps are... Anywhere you anywhere get your podcasts. Yes. So long as it's Apple, Google, or Anchor. Which kind of probably is all of the kind of most popular main, trendy But we're ones. not anywhere else. Yes, we're nowhere else but there. Yeah. Um, okay, guys, so we are bringing you the most up-to-date info and our opinions on the current leadership bid within the Conservative Party to be... Da-da-da... The next PM of this United Kingdom. Well, you have to be careful because PM could also stand for Penny Morden. Or could also stand for Prime Minister, which they'll know in that context. But, well, Penny Morden's campaign slogan is PM for PM. Which is pretty... Clever. No, it's quite childish, actually. Yeah, it is childish. Like, it's not particularly sleek. Or clever. Like, I'm surprised. I mean, surely if she's running for the Prime Ministership, shouldn't the PR spin around her be a bit more sophisticated rather than PM for PM? Which a few people have said sounds... Quite childish, no? I think that most people would say that's what it should be, but I think history's shown that the simpler the slogan, the better your chances. Do you remember Truss's campaign slogan? I honestly can. Trust in Truss. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was something like that. Yeah. Trust in Truss. Yeah. It's so ironic because the British people didn't really have a choice. So I guess we kind of went along with it and did. And she tanked the pound. And she cost us all about a grand. I don't think she did. That's what I was told. Well, by someone who's very good with numbers. Well, a family member. Why don't you give me your economic analysis? Well, my economic analysis is that she had a mini... She had... The very small budget that she had to present with Quarteng, and she was repeatedly advised not to go down the route that she did. Yeah, that's true. And she abolished income tax for people who earned over 150k. Yeah. Which would immediately be very unappealing. Well, that's not what she did. Mm, I remember that was said in the news. She dropped the top rate Mm -hmm. of income tax. For people that were over 150k, that, that like earned 150k a year. Yeah, but that didn't... I don't know where the exact like cutoff was, but that doesn't mean they didn't pay tax. But it, they didn't pay income tax, though. No, it didn't mean that. They did pay income tax. It just meant that whatever the top rate was, it was being brought back down to wherever it was before. So, you know, the thing is, the more money you earn, the... The it's slide it's a sliding scale. So like the more money you earn, you pay a higher percentage of tax on the money uh, above whatever the t- mm-hmm. the level is. So in the UK, up to about twelve or thirteen thousand pounds a year, somewhere around there, you pay zero percent mm-hmm. income tax, and then on the money above that, you pay you know whatever it is twenty percent, thirty percent, and it goes up. So uh, there's different levels where the money earned above a certain rate is taxed at a higher rate. So I don't know what the rates are because I don't earn 150 grand a year. It was never relevant to me. But let's say that uh, all the money you earn above £150,000 is currently taxed at 
Right. All they did was bring that down to say, okay, all the money above £80,000 is taxed at 40%. Okay. So it was a it was a change and it was unfunded and it did cause issues, but mm-hmm. it wasn't it, it wasn't like just eliminating tax for the richest people. It was So a, why was the budget so unpopular in the pound tank as a result then? Because everyone's suffering a lot at the moment and it felt like a freebie for the rich. And it really, when you when it was being discussed and described, it really did sound like they were abolishing income tax for rich people. I think the optics were probably worse than the actual policy, but... But the policies were not very good in the first place for the current context of what's happening in the UK. I don't think they were very good, no. It didn't look great, but the idea was to go down that kind of old school sort of Reaganomics, um, Thatcherism, where it's like, yeah, as she said in her resignation speech, low tax and that should yeah. encourage high growth. And who knows? Maybe it would. Maybe it wouldn't. It's, it's well, it's too hard to, to say because she's obviously been chucked out. Yeah, I, I, partying at Checkers on her last day. I hear it's our last week. She's been nonstop partying, um, <gasps> getting everyone in to thank them. Us having fun. I can't partying. imagine any of them having fun. Yeah, I can imagine Boris it... having fun. Actually, I can imagine well, she the men did during the lockdown parties having fun. But I guess I've just never seen a woman have fun before. <laughs> well, certainly not in my company. We've been in a relationship for a couple of years now. And it just looks like that's misery. a bit <laughs> strange. For misery me to and say. suffering from where I'm sitting. Well, that misery and suffering is external factors, Alistair. It's not necessarily... You look like you're in constant pain every okay. time you look me in the face. Well, I'm in constant pain at the minute, but that's for other reasons. Oh, Jesus. It's not necessarily because of our relationship. <laughs> now, we divert. Not necessarily. Um, I mean, trust was a disaster. She was. So we put trust in trust, and it's just turned out to be an mm. unmitigated disaster. Yeah. Um, Quarteng was probably more an academic than a politician. She really, I mean, like the mood of the country seemed very obvious. You know, if the average person is suffering financially, then you know, throwing more peanuts to the rich probably wouldn't have gone down well. Yeah. And she was repeatedly advised, and she went down that route. Do you know the funny thing about Quarteng is that they must have been really good friends beforehand, but I can't think of anything more unappealing to a typical conservative voter. Um, you've got an incredibly foreign-sounding name. He is a black man, and worst of all, for not for me, but for the conservative voters, he's a snobbish intellectual. <laughs> it's like... Your kind of membership of the Conservative Party really hates that kind of stuff. It's like kind of small business owners, small, you know, kind of tradesmen, that kind of stuff. It's the sort of bread and butter Conservative voter. It's like, I don't know how they thought they could present him as the Chancellor and have it be um, just optically, you know, a popular thing. I mean... It's kind of little op- Britain, you know, Brexit type of thing has taken over the, the membership of the party. It's like they're not really all that fond of um, uh, people of different ethnic minorities and particularly the name as well. It's like, I don't know. I just thought that was a really weird kind of move that's... Plus he wasn't competent as a chancellor. Like... <laughs> Yeah, he seemed more, from what I read about his background, a more academic guy. Wasn't yeah. he on Countdown? Or like he was on one of the that. game shows. Yeah. He was on one of 
the game shows and he kind of did the Oxford and the Harvard route. Mm-hmm. So I do think, although I don't know his degrees that he did, I mean, he might not be academic, but he does kind of look and come off as being the more academic type and these kind of types generally don't tend to suit yeah. maybe being out front as much. They suit more kind of behind the scenes. Right, yeah, yeah. Maybe crunching the numbers, coming out with the policies. So trust all, I mean, perhaps you trusted him for lack of a better word. Yeah. For the pun, but he maybe just wasn't, like you said, really very good for the job. I mean, the optics is one thing, but actually doing the job is other. Yeah. Because maybe if he had done the job well, then the optics wouldn't really have mattered as much. So it's kind of like part of a parcel, yeah. isn't it? Um, I, um, I mean... It's quite a, a, a bold economic policy as well. I'm wondering why they thought they had the political capital to spend on it like they maybe just government was clearly unstable at the time and they knew it i mean it really just had to be a safe pair of hands and i'm really surprised that they thought they could get away with something like that and and push it through so thoroughly as you said like given the fact that they were warned about it from a lot of different places like and as soon as the public started to go against it or the press started going against it it's like they really should have put out feelers first and kind of felt where the mood was and gone, ah, nah, people aren't really in the mood for this. Let's just, you know, kind of keep it nice and flat and stable. I don't know. Yeah, they didn't. I think in that way, they maybe were not very astute. Yeah. Um, I personally had never heard of either of them until <laughs> right. they ended up in those positions. Um, I'm just still questioning how... How democratic the whole thing is. I the... mean, the and what a shit show the Conservative Party is, and you know why Trust got in in the first place of the MPs, if then she resigned after forty four yeah. days because she was forced up by her own party. Meaning, how did she even get the support in the first place? Was it just the members? I don't know what the membership wants. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I don't know what Which the... Like the ordinary common man, yeah, if you will. I something the opposite. I don't know what the. The MPs are even looking for in a leader at the moment. The party is so divided. No, actually, what they need is, I think, a strong leader that is going to tell them to fuck off and get on with the job and not to expect anything. Like, that's kind of what Thatcher did, held it together, um, until obviously it didn't. It just kicked out by our own party. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think someone, they keep talking about a unity candidate now. I don't think there is a candidate who can unify the party. Mm. I think it has to be ruled with kind of what I actually think. Boris Johnson was probably the best he could have done for in, in terms of stability. Um, I guess Johnson, I just don't think he has a grand vision. He doesn't. He's more reactive. He's like Trump. Like Trump was a reactive president. But I think that's exactly why he probably would be the best for uh, to form a stable conservative government. I mean, I actually think the best option overall is probably to have a general election and, you know... I think a, a Labour Party would be quite stable at the moment under Keir Starmer. I think that's probably the best option. Well, if there was an election, which, which would seem be. that there would be, because the Conservatives know if there was an election, then they would lose They'd power. Yeah. Partly because they've been in power since 2010. Yeah. Uh, so, in a democracy, actually, like if you look at the trends, then mm-hmm. in a democracy, 
normally people don't have power for more than 10 years so they've been in power for about 12 now yeah um and it's becoming a bit of a shit show and you can see that internally in the party because they couldn't even select a leader that would last yeah more than 44 days isn't that mental yeah so they know if they call for an election well i mean saying that though it's not cast in stone that they would lose because the polls have said one thing many a time you're right different things can happen and then another thing happens i have so... to say though i don't think the polls have ever got it that wrong like mm. they're normally off by a few percent so for something like uh um you know the brexit um, like a referendum where there's only two options and it's very close it's very hard to predict it you know in the usa with trump it was very close between him and Hillary. Because his conduct, like, yeah. I like, just genuinely thought that because of his conduct. But I you made an think. assumption people but would go along with what I thought. They were only off by a few percent, the polls, when they predicted that. And it's enough to change the result. I think in a case like this, it's probably... that They've never been that wrong before where they've been off by, you know, kind of 10, 20 percent of, you know, where the party's polling. So I think that's probably pretty guaranteed that they would be... Uh, smashed <laughs> I think I mean to me like it just doesn't seem that democratic yeah it's an interesting one it's because you were talking about this the last few days actually about how even, is that democratic even like, how democratic the UK committee. is like the whole parliamentary system where oh. it's like you vote for an MP who then makes the decisions and kind of yeah. leadership and stuff because we have representatives in Westminster, as do all the countries, as do the Northern Irish, as do the Welsh. Sure. I don't We're actually in Scotland, know. Yeah. yeah. I don't actually know if the Northern Irish have their own functioning parliament at the minute. Because remember, there were so many issues about that. But they do, in theory, have representatives yeah. in Westminster. Um, do they have an assembly locally? It's not called, yeah, they call it a parliament. It's an assembly. I don't know if they've been assembling the past few years. They have honest. not, and yeah, they still haven't been, been able to form a, a functioning. Yeah, yeah so that's divided because they can't yeah. even get along to even form yeah. a government in the first place. It's true. The DUP and the Sinn Féin law. Yeah. Um, so how democratic actually is it? So, see, it wasn't until you actually started to explain to me kind of the UK electoral system um, and the political machinery that I realised I don't really know much about it. So just for the sake of the listeners, a lot of whom may not necessarily be from the UK it's like there's Westminster which makes laws for the UK as a whole true yeah and then each country in the UK Scotland Northern Ireland and Wales has their own assembly slash parliament which have devolved powers which make the local laws and there's certain parties that there's certain MPs that are local parliaments but there's also another set of MPs which represent the countries in Westminster. Yeah. So they have a take on UK laws as a whole. It's true. So in an election, we're constituents. So we go along to the polls and we vote for a party. No. For an MP that represents the party, right? A member right? of parliament. Yeah, for a member of Westminster parliament, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. And then, they, and, then they, and then they go along and then they'll vote for a person that they want to be the PM. Yes. Which, in theory, will most likely be from their own party. Yeah, whoever has the... Yeah. The, yeah. 
Um, whoever is the leader of the biggest party will almost will, will get it. See, that to me sounds on the face of it directly involved in picking the PM, but you said it's not. Because they can actually vote any way they mm -hmm. like. Um, the PM is whoever, the phrase they use is whoever can command a majority in the House of yeah. Commons. So whoever, which, whoever, whoever it is that a majority of MPs vote, like will follow is the Prime Minister, like will, you know, will lead the Parliament. And I say it's so closely linked that, you know, almost all MPs are a member of a political party. Very few independents ever get in. Um, so they will almost always vote on party lines for the PM. It's just stupid not to, like, if you're a Conservative MP, why mm. would you want to start voting with, with Labour? But you do sometimes get rebellions in different votes. They don't always vote in line with the party. Um, ultimately, MPs are accountable to the local people who voted for them over anyone else. Um, and actually, you can imagine some situations where that would be an issue. Um, you know, if there's a general election and uh, let's say a the leader of the Conservative Party, you know, leads them to a massive majority. However, you know, some really bad story comes out or, you know, he changes policies and let's say the leader of the Conservative Party says, oh, I'm going to bring in a, you know, a fourth Reich, a fascist <laughs> regime for the UK, another um, you know, politician like, ah, let's just vote the Labour guy, we'd rather that, you know, you get a big rebellion. and You can imagine a leader being so unpopular they might do it. Plus in things like wartime, you can get national unity governments where all the parties come together. So, But we don't vote for a PM um, ever in the UK. We vote so for we vote, vote, vote for an MP? A lot of, yeah, you're your your own member of parliament and then they make those decisions on your behalf because we have snp representatives in westminster but the thing is yep. though there would never be an snp prime minister of the united kingdom right it would have there could be technically but it would be like obviously you'd have to imagine a very weird world where that would happen yeah because that's the scottish national party so yep. they're they're for independence for scotland but yep. the pm for the uk would need to be a unionist not necessarily. There's no law about that. That would be odd if it would be happened. very odd. I don't understand how that could even happen. I mean, you have to imagine very extreme situations. It wouldn't, but I mean, once again, you could imagine a situation where the leadership of the two main parties, Labour and Conservatives, is say so corrupt or incompetent that they might, you know, backbench MPs, you know, under some offer or promise, may vote for that or decide to vote. Um, you know, Ian Blackford, leader of the SNP yeah. at Westminster, to be PM. They wouldn't, but it, it, under, it could happen, which is why... Well, in theory it could, but in reality it you just think, yeah. like, it just sounds so... It would have so... to be such a weird situation for it to be the case. But then again, no one ever thought that the SNP would be the third largest party in Westminster. That's pretty mental. Could you say no that the one... SNP are the kingmakers? No, not at the moment. There's no, there's no need for them because they're... Uh, the party has a majority, so they can't. They couldn't be, even if every opposition MP voted with Labour and Keir mm -hmm. Starmer, it wouldn't be enough votes to overturn the um, Conservative majority. 
But once again, they, they could be under a lot of circumstances. If it was very close between Labour and Conservative, yeah, they could be kingmakers and you know put someone in power and get policy. Nicola the Sturge. yeah. Sturgeon could be the kingmaker. Yeah. But then again, the SNP have all when they've been the largest party up in uh, Scotland, they've always preferred to have. Um, they don't like it. They've never gone into coalition with another party. They'll always lead uh, a minority government and. Um, lead a minority government and um, uh, what do you call it? They'll go to you know any other party and see if they can vote, get them to vote for. It. It's a very fair system. So it's like I remember back in oh gosh, was it two thousand and seven when they first got into power? They had a minority government up in Scotland, and they they had to give. Um, they, they they made their budget that they wanted to pass and they didn't have enough votes to pass it themselves so they needed to get either Conservative or Labour to back it to give them enough votes to put it through and in the end they gave some concessions to um, I think both sides but to the Conservatives in order to get the Conservatives to pass the budget with them so um, I think that's a, probably So maybe on some level like that's a system I think that is the best system that it should work where you go on an issue by issue basis and say hey do you like this maybe we can change it a bit so it's more appealing to you and then you get all the voices in the the lawmaking process I would hope that the, the SNP would do something like that you know kind of confidence and supply sorry just to say this was a big issue a few years ago when it was Ed Miliband versus David Cameron because they kept the the Conservatives really hit the public with this fear idea that Alex Salmond would be Ed Miliband's um Ed Miliband would be Alex Salmond's little bitch and like Ed Miliband would have to do anything Alex Salmond wanted to be in power and Ed Miliband came out and said, No, I would never seek a a, a coalition with the with the SNP. I would never um, never go into government with him because he knew that was scaring English voters away from voting for him. And it was this hilarious idea because I remember doing the debates, like the SNP were like, well, you can't stop us voting for you to be PM. Like if, when it got to the parliament time, if there was a majority of Labour and SNP um, MPs, the SNP said, yeah, we'll vote for uh, a Labour prime minister. We'll do that. And it's like the only way you wouldn't be prime minister is if your own party then if you didn't vote for yourself. <laughs> like it was a kind of absurd idea, but they could be kingmakers and that's had its own issues in the past for the um for election results. I mean In fact it was one of the reasons why David Cameron got that surprise majority, because people were scared of a, a minority Labour government with the SNP yeah, because the poll said it was going to be very close, but yeah. I, I believe in that election, which was at maybe 2014 slash 15. Yeah. I think 2015 was... Um, uh, that was before that, I think. Or was it? No, mm, it wasn't. Uh, I don't, because I remember certain details about that year in that election. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't think, I don't know if it was 2014. I suspect it was 2015. Yeah. Um, And they got it by more than 10% margin, so... Sometimes, you know, the polls don't get it completely correct. It's just that now it's just the MPs that are deciding in the Conservative Party. It's not even the members 
on the lower level, like yeah. the shopkeepers and the tradesmen. I was just so just going back to the conservative bid for the prime ministership. What are your thoughts on it? Sunak, Johnson, or Mordaunt. Bear in mind that now we've been told that Bojo, thankfully, after a conversation with Sunak, has gracefully pulled out. I can only imagine what was said in the conversation, which yeah. probably was along the lines of that. I believe that Sunak probably would have strong armed him a little. Oh yeah, I thought just told him to fuck off. Like. Well, bear in mind that Sunak did resign as chancellor, which did, I think yeah. is, was the beginning of the domino effect of all right. of this happening, which was mentioned to me by a few people. Um, so Sunak probably knows a few secrets, shall we say. So I think that conversation between him... Probably does, to be honest. ...and but... Johnson maybe was a bit of strong-arming. Mm. Also, he might be saying, well, if you pull out, I'll do you a favour, maybe this investigation into your partying during lockdown. Yeah. I mean, it could maybe. be, right? Although I don't think there's going to be much come from that. Like, really? If he's resigned, he's not really got anything to lose. It's, I don't know. Maybe he does. I, I don't... I actually... I don't really know who's going to get... It's almost certainly going to be Sunak at this point. Um, you say almost certainly. I, I think there are... There could be a few... You never know when, if a story could hit or something could come out or someone pre like briefs something. Um, but we'll, we'll know by today um, who has enough nominations to go to the membership. Sunak is more than 100 at the minute, according to the he Times. He does, and he's actually the only one. Johnson's um, pulled out, Mordaunt's got 50, yeah, or under 50. It doesn't look like Penny Mordaunt's going to get yeah. enough to even get to that stage. However, there could be, it may be an issue where, if it does go to the the membership, they'll almost certainly vote for Rishi Sunak. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, they don't Once really that, have a choice, the membership, or do they? Well, no, I mean, so, if it's between... So, like, could they decline? If it's between Mordaunt and, yeah. and Sunak, I, I, there's not really a mechanism for them to decline or to request uh, uh, a different way at the moment. It's right. being run it's from, from it's Parliament. Like but I, I don't... Internally I don't, within the party. I actually don't have a problem with that, because I know the SNP... The SNP has a policy where if you're a member of the party, you're actually not allowed to... Uh, disagree publicly with the party line on issues and uh, they get a lot of criticism for that you know so it's like a one-party state it's totalitarian i actually think that's perfectly proper um you are allowed to debate issues and raise them at party conference but once the party as a whole has made up their mind on it you have to have a strong you know uh, the party has to put on a strong face and go with that policy so it's like there is a time and a place to debate these things and there's a time and a place when you can. And if it it really is such a big issue for you that you can't keep quiet about it, you need to come out, then, yeah, you need to do it publicly. Take the risk with that. And if the party's not going to change, if it's such a big issue that you want to go against it, you have to leave the party and find a party that does agree with you. But, yeah, I, I, I don't think that's necessarily a problem where it's like, well, there's no mechanism for it. Sometimes there's a time and a place for democracy is <laughs> a time oh and a place oh my god for... surely there should always be a time and a place for no democracy. because if you start getting into it too much like you can upset everything by just having you know you can't just debate everything endlessly sometimes you just need to settle on something and make the best and of the it strong man kind of yeah the autocratic strong man sort of Sunak i mean is definitely people not say that but there's a lot of very successful autocracies around the world where people are quite happy to be singaporean you know I don't know a single Malaysian that would rather wouldn't rather be 
the Singaporeans. Sacrilege! <laughs> Don't say that to the Malaysians. They're very proud of being Malaysian. And they will always tell you the difference. And they'll say, no, I'm Malaysian. I'm not Singaporean. And we know uh, that. Maybe. Sorry, I'm getting a bit defensive here, but in a fun way, there's a big difference. And a lot of Singaporean food is just like oh, Malaysian shit. food, which is what someone very close to me once said. It was me. <laughs> I didn't say that. No, you said something. I said... Like- Singaporean food is just Malaysian food served in a five-star hotel. Oh my god! I mean, I don't know. Kind of true though. That's insulting to both Malaysians <laughs> yeah, and Singaporeans. Because yeah, yeah. it's saying that Malaysians kind of are not, poor. They yeah, don't have five-star. But the Singaporeans have just basically stolen the their same, food. No, it's, and a, it's the same kind of food. Like, there's no difference. Basically, saying it's the same culture, <laughs> the same people. I mean, Singapore likes to think they're a bit above people, which they're not. Just because they've got money and wealth and power. <laughs> Just because they're this highly successful mini nation. Yeah. Doesn't mean they can stop over the rest of us. So. Going back, come on. We really diverted. I think Rishi Sunak's almost certainly going to get it. Although a few things could happen. We'll know by today. Um, I, mean, I doubt he wouldn't. I think he's more or less got the way I think way it is. Paved. Beyond that, I think it's a really difficult job at the moment. The party is very divided and the country's going through a really, really rough time in a lot of ways. It's you know. Shit. It's quite rare you get such a, a long, protracted reduction in the quality of life for people. Um, well, they're talking about blackouts. You're right, and that's the thing. Like, this is going to be really tough. And I actually, I don't think it's an issue of who the leader is in the party. I don't think it's been an issue of the leader for a long time. Um, I, I genuinely think that I think Rishi Sunak is going to be quite unpopular, and I think that as soon as there's the first controversy, which there will be, it's just the, that kind of age that we're in. As soon as there's the first issue or something doesn't go quite right, I I think um, the MPs are just going to reactionarily try and kick him out again and go for another leader. I don't think it's going to be over. Um, it might actually get to the point where the Conservative leadership cannot hold... Like, they can't hold a majority of their own MPs to get them to vote for it, so... I don't know, the government could be brought down, I think. I don't know what will happen, though. But I don't think this is over with Sunak getting in. Well, I'm not sure. See, the thing is, though, Sunak actually, in a sense, has had very good timing because he left at the right time, which caused lots of issues, and he's come back at the right time. And he's not had to work that hard to get the PM ship in that case because it is very internalised. The thing is, though... It seems to me that in politics, often getting to the highest office in the land is actually, although it can be very difficult, is often easier than actually being in the office. Yeah. So once he gets in the office, what do you think he's actually going to do? Because the economy is probably one of the major um, problems now. So what do you think he's actually going to do? I mean, the kind of... Truth of it is, there isn't really a whole lot to do. There is less stuff available than there was in the past. Um, supply chains are still fucked by a combination of sort of China and you know backlogs from the pandemic. Um, there's less energy available due to the war. Um, because Russia isn't exporting as much gas and oil. Yeah, exactly. Of so they're keeping theirs. But did the UK actually get a lot of Russian oil and gas in the first place? 
Because uh, I know that Western Europe did through the Nord Stream, but one of those pipes was burst anyway. I don't know how much of our supply came from Russia. However, a disruption to any source is going to affect the whole global supply. Because, mm -hmm. like, let's say that, let's just, for sake of simplicity, say that Europe and the UK only gets gas from, let's say, the Middle East and mm -hmm. Russia. If you cut down Russia and, you know, even if all of our gas came from the Middle East, um, if Russia is now no longer exporting to, to Europe, the continent, to Germany, then there's more people trying to buy, um, you know, uh, Middle Eastern gas and therefore mm -hmm. it's, you know, there's still not enough to go around. Plus there's issues about how much you can, you know, there's only so many tankers you can use to like transport it around the world. Um the UK produces um, quite a bit of its own from the North Sea, but um, we tend to export gas during the summer months and then we import it during the winter months and the continent just doesn't have any to, to sell us at the moment. Like, you know, there's not enough even for them. So, um, yeah, that's roughly where it's come from. But I, I think it's going to be an issue for the whoever the leader is. There's going to be a lot of things outside of their control. And uh, yeah, I actually think it probably just needs a strong party to hold it together. I don't think any leader is going to be able to unify the party. They're so broken in so many different issues. But they've been in power for a long time. This is a natural thing that happened. Um, yeah, because the thing is, though, the country can't always be in a good situation. Yeah. And then people naturally look towards the politicians to maybe try to fix it. Sure. See, my point is, why would Sunak even want to be PM at this yeah. point? Yeah, 115k a year. Pension. Yeah, for like, well, that is if you last for more than four people. So that's okay. So just I mean, to talk, yep. I was, I was just going to say, yeah. if you actually have the um, the ability to go for it, then I think most politicians probably would like to. You have right? to run it, and if you got the chance there, you probably just have to take it. But yeah, because you go down in history as being yeah. the PM at that time. Yeah. The problem and, is, is that will your actually, legacy be seen as a positive? You never one? know how things can change. You know, very quickly, things that people thought were going to be really rough and, and bad can turn out really well, and the opposite as well. Like a wee bit of good luck on the the global scale. You know, you can become a war hero. It's like, um. If the like war, Churchill. yeah, like honestly, though, like the Queen's first PM was this giant statesman's church, mm. and the last one was War Me Trust. Yes, so yes, yeah, so you were saying, no, no, I was just thinking we probably should start ending. We're over half an hour now. Well, the listeners just love us, so we in theory could talk for hours, they would just listen in. Oh, but I meant I'm bored, excuse me, no, of what? this relationship or this podcast. Well, we never told the viewers we were in a relationship. What? And they wouldn't have guessed from the way we've talked to one another before. Well, what I was thinking uh, is I've got a, a magazine here I was kind of hoping to, to read, which is, I thought... Inno Trains 2022 Innovation on Show. What happened to the locomotives? Choo-choo, like Tom's the tank engine that you're quite into. Trams have locomotives. That's oh. not a tram. That's a train, I thought. It's a tram. I thought you were into trains. I like trams. trams. Are... But trams are different to trains. They are, you're quite right. But rather controversially, <laughs> I think light rail is just as sexy as real rail. <laughs> Did you just say rather controversially light rail is as sexy as real? I'm sorry, I need to write that down. A light lot of, rail. Well, a lot of train enthusiasts don't <laughs> like trams. They don't consider it. And if you offered them a, a day out at a tram museum, they'd be rather upset with you. You get a lot of... Um, Autistic screeching. Trans Pennine Express. Up. 
That was what I said, actually. I said transparent express in that way. Um, oh, God. <laughs> what? Oh, dear God. I've ruined it by talking about trains. No, I think Sunak's probably going to be PM by the end of the day. And, we'll do another uh, pod on it. We'll do another pod on it. And he's probably going to be out again by the end of the year. I don't know. He's a former Goldman Sachs banker, so they'll probably mm-hmm. like just having someone like that in charge. I think I the newspaper, the newspapers will like that. The business will like that. City of London will like that. I think we'll probably be quite happy just to keep up with them, and we'll have to wait and see how the public feels, and then the membership feels, and ah. I don't know. Also, do you think that his race plays into it as well? Because they can't criticize him. <laughs> Not because so much of his that, race. But it is a time of diversity. I actually think it doesn't play into. I mean, I thought. Could that be a very minor factor? I thought him not getting it over trust was probably a quite a bit of racism well, playing quite a lot into of that. Thought that. But now that he has got it, but bear in mind that he was going up against Johnson, who's a former PM that was useless, yeah. and Mordon that but doesn't have the support. I think the, I genuinely think the bigger issue than race is how down to earth someone comes across i think the main difference between sunak and quarteng is that kind of academic view like people don't like someone they don't like snobs and i think quarteng came off as a bit academic he does and a bit snobbish as well and i you know the idea that oh he can you know he can joke and debate in latin it's like most people are like "Eh." yeah but the thing is though that doesn't really appeal to like i know this doesn't sound nice yeah I mean, I, I don't want to use the word common, but it doesn't appeal to a regular person. No, you want to play so the everyman. Me that, the top leaders know that. I don't give a fuck. Like, I want him to fix the country. George Bush did that. Donald Trump did that. They know how to play yeah. to... You want to play the everyman. But that requires a bit more... Like, I know this doesn't sound nice, performance perhaps, It does, yeah. Which quite yeah. clearly... Yeah. <laughs> didn't. But I actually think Sunak comes across as a lot more... He's not. He's incredibly... He's far richer, you know, but better connected, but... Well, through his wife's family, I guess. The wife's but, family says, but see, that actually played against him in, in well, the that did, Well, the, the controversy did, but the, the idea that he is elite doesn't come across as That he's as married much. into a yeah. so-called maybe, yeah. I mean, not like 1%, 1%, but you know, like he's married into... But I do think that he's... I think that's a bigger issue than race is how, um, I guess, the issue of class comes into it more than race, I think. Um, Particularly in the UK. Yeah. I think in the US, maybe it's the opposite. It could be more about race than class, actually. Um, But just going back to when I said, could race be a factor? Mm-hmm. And you went, you mean people will not want to find fault with him in case they're made out? Oh, yeah. I need to counter that. He's PM and he's a politician. Everyone will be finding fault no, with him. No, yeah. So, so you've made a very good point. That might be the case if he wasn't a politician or PM, but because yeah. he is a politician, everyone in the UK will be finding fault with him. That guy's going to need to grow a really thick skin because he's going to get hammered on all sides. And the British media... Oh, they're relentless. Yeah, yeah, is particularly yeah. scathing. As in, they can take someone and raise them up to heights that they've never known, and they could be a god on high, and then they'll just actually very quickly smash them yeah. down. Yeah, um, true. And I tell you that him and his wife and his family need to grow thick skin. I don't know if they have kids, but all those people that are known to him personally need to grow thick skin because the media is going to be very mean, shall we say. 
um because that's in the british media is like you know and they turn on people very very quickly they do you it's know true. they turn on people very quick yeah um so anyway it looks like mr sunak is on his way to number 10 as they say um <laughs> so uh yeah let's let's see how it goes looking forward to this today actually i'm looking forward to this today um and we'll we'll um, definitely start to hammer out the pods now because this is going to be in- interesting yeah bye from cat bye from alistair Buy from Bampot Productions Podcast. Leave us a comment on Twitter at Bampotpod. 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 Bye. Bye.